Are you living the Delaware Beach lifestyle? You can't live at the beach and do nothing. This up-and-coming year-round area has lots to offer. Find out where to eat, play, and serve. Living the ultimate dream. Hey guys, in this episode, you are going to meet Katie Evans. Now, Katie uh, married into a third-generation farm here locally, uh, Evans Farm. And since then, uh, sitting around the dinner table, uh, Sunday supper, they get this idea of what they can do with all this wasteful food that they had uh, with fruit and farming. And hence, the frozen farmer was born, um, ended up on Shark Tank, and these guys have just blown up across the country. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of anybody uh, leaning into the non-GMO, the healthy food options, the no sugar. Uh, I just, I just cannot support this kind of stuff enough. And we are just so blessed and thankful to have Katie uh, take some time out of her busy life to uh, join us today. Uh, so without further ado, here's Katie Evans, guys, uh, the frozen farmer, Shark Tank, season 11 and 12. Uh, I am so excited. Here we go. Real two lifestyle. Evans Farm, Frozen Farmer, Shark Tank, contestant, Katie Evans. Uh, welcome to the 302 Lifestyle Beach Podcast. We have Katie Evans in the house, and uh, I have to admit, I'm, I feel like I got a celebrity on the show here. <laughs> well, we do, actually. Uh, um, season 11, Shark Tank, and uh, Katie was just sharing a little bit how many crazy number of stores and places that they're in right now. Um and born and raised here. So we're just, I'm just really excited to have you on, Katie, and to chat a little bit about this. I have so many questions. I actually got hooked on the Shark Tank. Uh, I have like all these crazy ideas all the time, and I'm so hooked <laughs> on Shark Tank. Um, so real excited about to talk about that. But uh, Katie, tell us uh, what is it that you do, and um, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into this. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, This is an honor to do because, as you mentioned, I am born and raised from Delaware. Um, But we own the Frozen Farmer, which is a farm creamery in Bridgeville. And we use basically um, ugly and misfit fruit, upcycled fruit, if you will, in a full line of frozen confections now sold at more than 8,000 locations across the United States. (laughs) Wow, that's so cool. So you're all the misfit fruits, you mean... You know, I go into the grocery store all the time and they're, the fruits are always perfect. And you're thinking this is probably all fake fruit. And but behind the scenes, there's all these little fruits that don't look good. So how did you even get that idea to use that that fruit and that stuff? Well, first and foremost, um, we're farmers. So my husband's a third generation farmer and I married into it. And when he and I got together, he wanted to do more business with um, grocery retailers like our local Harris Teeter, our local giant food. Um, we sold to Redner's Warehouse Markets and the Acme ShopRite locations in Delaware. And so um, the more acres, you know, or the more customers we um, had in the grocery spectrum, really, the more acres we grew for fresh market grocery. And um, as you mentioned, they do have very high cosmetic standards because every piece of produce in the produce department at a grocery store needs to look perfect. Um, Otherwise, customers won't buy it. And so we were finding that, you know, the more customers we had, the more fruit 
we had going to waste just because of these cosmetic reasons. And so mm. um, every cantaloupe had to meet a certain size and spec in order for our grocery partners to buy it. And so um, we all of a sudden found ourselves with a lot of wasted fruit that was perfectly edible. Oh. And um, that's really how we came to the idea of, of using all of the upcycled fruit in our line of frozen confections, because we are farmers first and foremost, and food waste is a really big issue. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, you hear stuff about this, especially like on the news or just, you know, restaurants or farmers, and there's just a lot of wasted food, as you said. So one day you're, you're just looking at all this uh, food that you're wasting and what, what happened next? What you're like, Oh, you know what, let's just start, you know, maybe cutting it up. And like, what, what did you guys do? Yeah. So, I mean, really, that's that's exactly how it went. We started cutting <laughs> it up and selling it in kind of fresh fruit cups. And then, um, you know, we live right in Bridgeville, which is on the way to the, the Delaware beaches here. And so um, our customers were asking us, you know, they were they were coming down to the beaches on summer vacation and it, it was extremely hot um, in our fruit stand at the time. And um, they were wanting something cold and refreshing. And, you know, we just thought that sorbet would be that kind of perfect product to give them that was dairy free, gluten free, fat free, um, helpful and refreshing. And so we went away to ice cream school to learn how to make our flavors. And once we learned how to make our flavors, um, we found out how many amazing um, super premium ice cream flavors could be made with real fruit too. And so our idea of just doing sorbet kind of transformed into this concept of, okay, well, we can do ice cream too, and we'll source the milk locally and, um, you know, keep everything local here to Delaware. And, um, you know, we made this line of what is now called Frobert, which is a blend of ice cream yeah. and sorbet. And so we, we took our original idea of doing sorbet and blended it up with that super premium ice cream. And that's where we landed with Frobert. And really that was kind of the, you know, product that, perked ears on Shark Tank because it's something that's unique and different to the ice cream category nationally. Nobody else in the shelf is doing it. And so um, it gave us a competitive edge too. So you literally took something that hasn't been redesigned in probably a hundred years, right? Yeah. And you guys created an entirely new word even, or was that yeah. already kind of there? Or you guys kind of saw some stuff, but no one's doing it like commercially. Is that it? Or you just literally created it? Yeah, nobody's doing anything like that on the wow. shelf. Um, so if if your product doesn't meet the fat content that traditional ice cream has, it has to stay by um, like FDA regulation on the package, a frozen dairy dessert. Well, what does that mean? You know, what is a frozen dairy dessert? Um, it could be so many things. And there's so many, you know, options out there that's not ice cream, right? There's like, coconut milk something mm -hmm. and almond milk something now and oat milk something but um you know they really none met the qualifications of of traditional ice cream and so we wanted a way to kind of better describe our product mm -hmm. and so instead of just a frozen dairy dessert on our pint we trademarked the term frobert um kind of putting all of those mm -hmm. words together and okay. for us it's that blend of ice cream and so sorbet low-fat ice cream and sorbet and um it's a way for us to cut the fat, calorie, and sugar content from traditional ice cream in a smart, sustainable way without using all kinds of artificial ingredients and things that some of the other leading low-calorie competitors on the national grocery shelf are doing. So um, it was just 
kind of this genius idea that we had and it's, it's dominoed and, and now it's, it's in so many locations across the U S. Now, um, and even researching, I was, and Daisy, um, I don't know if you know her, uh, my wife, she wanted to be on this so bad, but she had a dentist appointment she couldn't get out of. <laughs> and because she was just so excited, she actually saw the, the episode um, when it aired. And I saw it later. But I'm like looking into this, I'm like, I haven't even tried this yet. And I have like a dairy thing going on. Okay. Um, so do you still have like, your traditional flavors in ice cream and frozen yogurt, or do you only do Robert at this point? So we still have sorbet. Um, sorbet is okay. on the retail shelf. We have uh, three flavors nationwide, our strawberry sorbet, watermelon sorbet, and um, our honeydew sorbet. And our sorbets are actually the lowest calorie pint on the retail shelf whatsoever. Um, they're only 70 calories per pint. And we're also doing something nobody else is doing in the sorbet space currently. Um, we're doing a no sugar added sorbet. So there's no other no sugar added sorbet brand anywhere in national grocery retail, not in Walmart, not in Kroger, not in any of the largest retailers in the United States. And so um, we really fill that gap and that hole in the market. And the sorbet has just taken off. Um, so we have those three flavors. And then we have the Frobert on the shelf um, in our national grocery retail partners. So um, just the sorbet and the Frobert, our traditional super premium ice cream, we save that for our farm creamery here. So the mm. locals get a little special. <laughs> okay. And now are you locally uh, with the Frobert and the sorbets too? And I call it a frozen yogurt, but it's definitely not the same thing. Uh, right. Frozen yogurt has milk in it, right? Uh, yeah. So Frobert actually has um, a percentage of dairy in it as well because it's low fat ice cream mixed with sorbet. So, mm -hmm. but for people who are dairy sensitive, not dairy intolerant, they're able to still eat the Frobert. Um, mm. And that's been an awesome thing for us to kind of learn and understand too, um, is getting email after email and like, wow, I'm not able to eat regular ice cream, but your Frobert doesn't bother me at all. That's awesome. Um, so it's been really great for us to understand, you know, how it's helped people like yourself who maybe have a dairy sensitivity, um, who love ice cream and want that same <laughs> taste, um, but are able to enjoy the Frobert product instead. Yeah. I have to admit, like sometimes, uh, in next door, now we're down by in Millville, Delaware, which, Anyone drives through for five minutes, you miss it. But um, uh, there's a place called the Millville Boardwalk that just opened up, and they have yep. their uh, some ice cream and stuff in there. And she came home with like a pint, and I, you know, once you get started on ice cream, you can't stop. And so, like, I suffer for like two days. But man, it sounds like if I had this, um, yeah. it doesn't sound like I could still probably eat it and mm -hmm. uh, be okay. And then you also have the sorbets. So you're just using natural products, right? Uh, all real fruit. And that's where the misfits come in and you're able to. Now, I did learn a little bit about having someone else in the show that was a farmer about the different seasons with fruit and stuff, too, where, um, you know, it's a very hard um, thing when you have like a, a specific dates that, you know, your beginning of the season, end of the season, what do you do about the rest of the year? Do you end up just having so much that you're able to can or something and save throughout the year? So that's what we're doing locally. Um, so for us, we only grow five acres of strawberries, for example. But on that five acres, we have about 15,000 pounds of strawberries annually go to waste because of cosmetic mm. reasons. 
they don't make the grade for grocery or for our own farm market or the farm market partners that we sell to. Um, so we are capping and storing strawberries, freezing strawberries as quickly as we can while we're in peak season to get us through that off season um, mm. for all of our local local partners um, and our local needs. So um, for like cantaloupes, for example, there was a season, it was actually the year I pitched to Shark Tank. We had cleared our packing shed floor of more than 120,000 pounds of cantaloupes just because of cosmetic. <laughs> so um, we're cutting up cantaloupes as quickly as we possibly can while we're in local season as well. And wow. really we're doing that with all of the fruits that we harvest here on our third generation farm in Delaware. Um, nationally for our pints, we've well out scaled ourselves in fruit demand. So what we're doing now is we're partnering with grocery chains um, like Walmart and Kroger and trying to figure out wow. how we can work with their produce procurement teams to source in the fruit that they reject at their warehouse locations and use that in our supply chain. Um, mm. But our current fruit processors are already using like grade two fruit, if you will. So it's upcycled fruit. Um, we're able to deliver on that claim still. Um, it just has more of a national reach now beyond our own farm. Yeah, because I would imagine once you went national, it was like, holy cow, how do I fill all this demand? And there has to be a demand for doing something with all the leftover fruits. So you probably are getting like either a discount or is it free even? Like if people just don't want it, do they just yeah. pennies on the dollar? So it's pennies on the dollar, exactly. Um, and as food producers, I mean, we know that on the other side of the scale, too. I mean, we deal with rejected loads of just, for example, our watermelons going into a grocery warehouse, and they can be rejected for a whole handful of reasons sometimes. And as a farmer, you know, you've, you've got the option to, A, either scrap the load and call it a day, um, or B, try to find a secondary market for it that you can at least make a little money um, on the load. And so really that's kind of what we're leveraging with farmers all across the US too, through our grocery partners. And so it's kind of a complicated and complex um, you know, system that we have going on, but yeah. um, we're connecting all of the dots to make that work. Okay, so uh, I've got to ask here mid-show, where, uh, where can people find this Frobert or sorbets or, um, and locally, you said you have some specials going on. Uh, where can where can people find this uh, awesome stuff? Well, we're located in Bridgeville on Route 404, just one mile east of Route 13. Um, but, I mean, you, you said you live in Millville. We're in the Millville Giant. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that you can find it really in any grocery store near you at this point. Um, any Walmart location nationwide. Any Kroger, wow. Kroger family of stores. So that's not just Kroger, but it's Dylan's, Fred Meyer, Ralph's, um, Fry's, um, Mariana. Mm. There's there's like a whole Kroger family of stores as well. So um, there's close to 2,800 Kroger owned locations throughout the U.S. Um, we're in every giant food in the nation. We're in every giant Martins, every stop and shop location in the U.S. And we just picked up an exciting chain in the Midwest that I can't talk about just yet, but it'll be on the shelf Ooh. next <laughs> Holy cow. So, okay. So you got this awesome idea. People love it. I'm sure you started experimenting. You said you went to uh, ice cream school. Apparently there's a school for learning how to make ice cream or flavoring uh, things, as you mentioned. Um, so, okay. So how long did that period take where you finally got these, uh, the recipes, which we won't 
dive into. I'm sure there's like some top secret stuff going on. Uh, so where'd the idea come from? You know what? This is such a good idea. Let's bring it to Shark Tank. Well, how did that happen? Yeah. So my mom had been homemaking ice cream for more than a decade. She had a little Cuisinart in her kitchen, <laughs> um, started taking it around to parties and picnics and barbecues and stuff like that. And so instead of um, gifts, people were asking for Mama Joe's homemade ice cream. Um, oh, my gosh gathering and so she kind of became locally famous for making ice cream well before we opened the frozen farmer it was just kind of her side hobby and passion mm. um she had a 30 plus year long career in finance and had a really high up position um in the finance department for the Harrington casino at the time so um she was looking for a little change of pace and and her stage in life too and really just wanted to kind of follow her passion um, we had talked about opening the frozen farmer two years prior to actually opening our business. And so we sat around the Sunday supper table for probably two years planning out the business before we actually made the leap to do it. Um, we had designed our logo and had our name and written our business plan and um, kind of figured things out, you know, in that two year period of, of determining whether or not we really wanted to go for this. And so, um, you know, Summer came quickly the year that we decided to go for it. And we went away to ice cream school in February. We opened our doors at our first location, which, by the way, was a storage closet in a local golf course. <laughs> because it was it was a 200 square foot storage closet. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, it was the sandwich snack bar. And they were using it um, to store stuff for the pro shop at the time. We didn't have a commercial kitchen on farm. Um, but what we did was, um, you know, we used that year to basically stock our freezers, um, supply our food truck at, with the goal of building a commercial kitchen here on 404 on our home farm. And so we moved in the home farm that next July and people just kept telling us this whole time since opening our doors, you got to pitch your business to Shark Tank. You got to pitch your business to Shark Tank. Oh my gosh. Well, I had two kids <laughs> under two at that time and I didn't oh. want to so I had truly never seen Shark Tank when this kept getting brought up. <laughs> and um, we That's took crazy. our flavors to a giant food meeting, um, a produce meeting, actually. And the president of Giant Foods tasted our flavors while we were in the building that day. Um, the produce guys kind of pulled a few strings for for us to get him in the, in the room with us. And um, the next thing we knew, we were sitting across from the frozen buyer in giant food and had an opportunity to sell them our flavors in pints. And while that was never really a part of our initial business plan, it was an incredible opportunity that we just couldn't say no to. Hmm. So um, giant allowed us to take on like, I think 15 stores the first year. And by year two, we had grown to 30. Um, by year three, we had taken on 58 and we were still producing all of that here out of our farm creamery. And then they said to us in year three, well, we really, you know, think that this business would be like great for Shark Tank. You should, <laughs> you know, consider that opportunity and you could be like the skinny girl brand where, you know, Bethany Frankel has done um, salad dressings and popcorn, yeah. like so many different things with her skinny girl brand. And so um, we reached out to Bethany Frankel actually on Cameo and asked her to send us like this congratulations video for this awesome opportunity that we had with giant. And she was actually a past shark on shark tank. I didn't know that. Cause I didn't watch shark tank. Um, <laughs> and he came back and she's like, Oh my gosh, you guys like congrats on giant, but you guys have got to take your product to shark tank. And so I thought, well, you know, that's my wake up call. It's, it's time to just like 
watch every episode of Shark Tank, <laughs> watch and figure out what this opportunity is. Oh, um, so that next year I was standing in New York City and in line with 600 other people at an open <laughs> capital and it kind of all went from there. Wow. So you're in line with 600 people. You have the support of family, friends, and um, other businesses that you're influencing. Uh, customers, I'm sure everyone's watching or not watching yet, but um, watching like the story unfold. So you're standing there in line. What, what happens next? So do you end up like just going through like a application process or are you literally in line to like stand in front of them? You're in line with your application in your hand. So that is really like your time to submit your application, hand it to a casting producer, um, have them sample your product. And they had given us pre-warning that if we were bringing a food product, there was a chance that we might not be able to get the casting producer to taste it because obviously everybody has their own preferences. If it was something like ice cream that they couldn't eat, they're not going to try it. So, Mm. um, you know, don't take it as an insult if they don't, but the casting producer that I was assigned to, to go audition in front of, um, he tried it. I did my, you know, I can 32nd pitch at that time at that phase. And, um, he tasted our product and he put his spoon down. He's like, thank you. That's all I need. And I was like, <laughs> wow, either I just totally blew this and oh my you know, gosh. hated my pitch or <laughs> we just made it with the flavor of our product. And I saw that he loved it, but he kept such a poker face about it that um, <laughs> it on my toes for about a, a month because they told us, well, we'll call you in about four weeks if you make it through the next phase of casting. And so um, I had a dream one night that I was at dance class with my daughter and my phone rang casting producer and they told me I'd made the show. Well, I was at dance class with my daughter and my phone oh my rang gosh. casting producer <laughs> and he said, you've made it to the next round of Shark Tank casting. Wow. And so I know that there was so many rounds of casting and um, it was like jumping through hoops all summer through the casting process. Um, but at the end, I mean, it was so worth it to have made the show and had that opportunity. Yeah. Now what were you like, were you like rehearsing all the time? Like, were you like, like studying on how to were you, like, just like kind of looking at all the other shows I can imagine myself like the like, you know, the nerves up and like just trying to get everything right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of this hit during our busy season too. So here we were, you know, in the peak of ice oh cream. Oh my god. June, July, by that time, um, we were in the peak of ice cream season. We were in the peak of produce season and going through the casting process during that time was extremely stressful. Um, we pulled several all nighters to be able to make the deadlines that they had for the casting videos and, um, the numerous rounds of pitch development. But then we went through this phase of meeting, um, the producers on a weekly basis. And, um, that was really what was the wave of calm when you're on the stage. And, you know, I was just watching the show had wondered like, how does an entrepreneur keep it all together? You know, how do they remember their lines? You know, how aren't they so nervous that they just forget what they went out there to say to begin with. And really it's because you get assigned a couple of awesome casting producers who are just Mm. like you and they're holding your hand through the whole process, you know, providing you words of encouragement, giving you rounds and rounds of practice They were my saving grace, my casting producers, and I still keep in contact with them today. Wow, that's so cool. I got to (laughs) ask, what flavor did you decide to go with to have the gentleman uh, taste test? 
our orange cream Frobert. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. He, he just put the spoon right down. He's like, that's all I need. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it was our winner. Okay. So is it really as intimidating as it looks on TV? When, okay. So you're standing there, they, they call you in and you walk in, I can imagine like the stage on shark tank and you got the four up there. Uh, I think there was even five at one point. So what, what was it? How'd that go? Um, like as far as getting through that and they, you know, they ended up obviously liking you. So how did that process go? I was in the tank for about an hour and a half. Um, and they only show like, I think it's eight minutes. They edit it down to on TV. So, um, you're in there for a lot longer than what you see on TV. So there was a lot more dialogue that took place Mm. that never even made air. Um, you know, the sharks are just like us. I mean, they're, they're real people. And I think that that's something that I tried to carry with me, um, throughout the process too, is, you know, they're no different than you or I, um, they've got a lot more money than both of us. Right. So, um, but I think that, you know, that really gave me a level head in answering a lot of their questions. Um, they were all very, very respectful and they all loved our product. Um, I knew that, you know, if anything else, that they probably wouldn't hate our flavors. They would, they would love it. And they certainly did. So as soon as they tasted it, all of the, you know, questions that they had for me after that were, you know, pretty much business questions. Um, Hmm. and you know, it just, it really flowed, um, like a casual conversation. I had a really great connection with a whole handful of them, but, um, you know, Mark Cuban really hang in, hung in until the end. I had a, probably more dialogue with Mark than I did any of the sharks. Um, he was extremely personable and, um, the questions that he were, he was asking were really great questions. And then of course, at the end, Lori was the one who I did the deal with. Now, was there a question that they stumped you on or you were like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. Or they, uh, kind of anything like that. I'm so well prepared. I mean, I, hmm that's one thing that, you know, they don't give you the questions that they're going to ask. Um, the sharks don't know who you are before you walk down that hallway. Um, but you know, if you watch the show, you get an idea of what kinds of questions that they're going to ask and you study those questions and more. So, um, I was running over my numbers every single morning when I was going to the gym, I was running over my numbers all day long at work. I was running over my numbers after I put my kids down for bed at night. Um, and then you have your meetings with your casting producers that prepare you too. So I felt very well prepared. I don't think there was any question that they really stumped me on at all. Um, no. Wow. Very cool. So obviously you got signed and what was the big difference between having a shark and you guys just growing naturally? Was it an immediate, I've got connections, I got money. We're going to do this thing. Let's figure out how to explode. (laughs) Well, quite honestly, I mean, we had grown the company. You go through this due diligence process with your shark after you um, get a deal with them on TV, because a lot of that is just for TV. Um, And even the percentage of the deal that we got was for just TV. Um, So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you have negotiations afterward. If what you settled for on television isn't necessarily the amount of equity that you want to give up in your company. You have the leverage and the means after that to negotiate back some equity or your shark might have the leverage to negotiate 
out some more equity from you. Um, so uh, we went through our due diligence process after the show with our shark, um, which is just a whole intensive process of providing them every and any kind of financial information they could possibly want or ask for um, just to make sure you are a legitimate company, right? Because I think that there's probably an amount of businesses that go on the show. And even though they've gotten that far, maybe they've you know been able to fudge their way through. Um, but they make sure that you're, you know, all legitimate, your financials match up to what you said on the show. Um, and then, you know, after that, we were still growing our business. So we had a substantial amount of business growth through that due diligence process that we were able to negotiate a little better position with our shark and um, than what you even saw on TV. And so um, for us, you know, a lot of the growth that we had had nothing to do with our shark. Um, it had to do with our hard work after the show. You know, we didn't go home from the show and kick our feet up. We went home from the show and got to work. Yeah. And um, once that show aired, um, our show actually aired, our episode aired um, during the week of the national pandemic shutdown. So um, while we set all kinds of records um, that week for how many people watched the show, because everybody was homebound for the very first Friday yeah. ever, um, yeah we didn't hear from grocery retailers right away because they were kind of going through this unprecedented time of panic and just trying to keep this shelf stock. They weren't looking for new items to bring on. And so we actually went through a period right after the airing of our episode that we thought, Oh gosh, you know, here we got the opportunity of a lifetime that we've been working for, for the last eight months. Yeah. And this all happened at the same time, nothing's going to come from it, you know, because the nation and the world really was focused on something so much more important wow. and um, rightfully so, but you know, we didn't know what to think. And then we got a re air in June. Um, and that's really when the retailers started calling. That's when we heard from Walmart and Walmart said, we saw you on shark tank and, and we, we want to get your product on every shelf. And, um, you know, after Walmart, it was another chain. And after another chain, it was another. And so um, a lot of that came from, you know, still our, our hard work and in, in selling the product and, and a, as a result of us just being on the show, let alone landing a deal with a shark. Now, I don't know um, if you want to talk about this kind of stuff or not. So please yell at me if I'm going too far. But um, is it true? I've heard a lot of things about Walmart, like people say, oh, yeah, I got into Walmart, or, you know, I've watched things about it. But sometimes their price margins are so like thin that it's almost like not. Is that true with Walmart or it's just another chain that took it? And That's not at all. If, if that is true, that's not at all the experience that we've had with Walmart. For us, Walmart has been an amazing customer. Um, they have um, been very, very fair in, in their price. Um, they have been very, very quick to pay. Um, and they, they've just like we really don't have anything bad at all to say about um, Walmart or any of our retail partners for that matter. I mean, um, certainly when you get into grocery, it's, it's a different game. Um, you kind of have to learn the industry and I still feel like I'm learning, you know, I feel like I'm the kindergartner every day going to school, learning something new because um, you know, the ice cream category is so different than fresh produce and there's acronyms and um, things that, 
I'm learning still every day. Oh. And, and the retailers that we work with, I mean, the Kroger retailer that we work with have been so amazing to kind of hold my hand through this process and teach mm. me as we go, because they know that, Hey, I'm a farmer's wife, you know, wow. this, business is a result of us being farmers. And that's the beautiful part about our company. We're not just some corporate, you know, big brand on the shelf. You know, we're a family business first and foremost, and we're learning too. And, you know, we've been blessed with some amazing retail partners, um, you know, all of them really to be patient with us through the process and know, you know, that, that we're a little different than any other ice cream on the shelf. And, and I think that that's, you know, really why they're priding, you know, putting so much pride in our brand too. Yeah. sounds great. I mean, to even, I mean, it sounds like it's like a family affair too. So your whole family's involved in the process. Um, you've just kind of really taken the local, um, you know, uh, fresh farmer to a whole nother level. And it's, it even feels like you're, you're filling a gap of like, what do I do with all this leftover waste? And, you know, so that's like a whole nother um, level of, you know, a, a successful business is you're filling a need, you're filling a, a, a problem that needs to be solved. So you guys are solving that and it's like really good. So it's just like all these things you guys are hitting. And I see some cups behind you. Is that uh, some of your flavors back there? Yeah, okay. this, is our, um, this is our new packaging. So when we launched at Walmart, we launched um, an exclusive flavor. Um, so our strawberry cheesecake for over oh our exclusive <laughs> But um, there's only 160 calories per pint in our strawberry, or I'm sorry, per serving in our strawberry mm -hmm. cheesecake rover. So still, this is our most calorie heavy pint, and there's only 470 calories in that pint. Um, and then we have like our sorbets, which are like only 70 calories per pint. Wow. And so even our packaging is, is different than like any other bigger brands of packaging on the shelf, right? So like we had these illustrations on our packaging, um, hand-drawn. They're, they were hand illustrated and um, Lori was a big um, player in helping us repackage our product, but our packaging didn't land super far away from where our original packaging was. Um, so I think it still nicely lends itself to um, a farm friendly product, a farm based product. And, um, you know, it just kind of dressed it up a little bit. Yeah, but it's super simple, very easy to read and you're not hiding anything. So everything's on there. Yeah. Um, and the important stuff stands out. Very awesome. Very amazing. And uh, Katie, so what is the number one thing that you have learned uh, through this whole experience that uh, you can share with us? I think the biggest thing that I've learned from, you know, the whole Shark Tank experience and really just the experience of, of growing a brand from the ground up, from just this idea that we had at the Sunday supper table to having, you know, our product on the shelf of more than 8,000 locations across the U.S. and um, every state in, in the United States. And um, is that, you know, to never put a limit on your dreams. Um, you know, when you're sitting around the Sunday supper table and you, you have this dream of building a brand or a business, um, you know, chase after it with a wild open heart because, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, your mind is really the only limit that you have. And at the end of the day, um, a lot of people told me I was crazy for going to Shark Tank. A lot of people told us we were crazy for using upcycled fruit in a line of ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people laughed at our idea. But 
I think that, you know, I, I never let those people, you know, win over my mind. And, you know, I went to bed every single night, um, just hungry for more dreams. And I woke up every single day, um, you know, just hungry for more success. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing at the end of the day is just, you know, keeping humble, humble roots, but, um, just never being satisfied and, and never, you know, putting a limit on any dream you may have. Oh, I love all that. And it's, it's just so funny, like having such an adorable family, you know, like yourself talking about your family, how you're sitting at Sunday supper and you want to, you know, you have this great idea. And then not to mention, you know, you have, you're laying another foundation of a healthy option to something that people, you know, seem to have an addiction to of sugar and sweet products and stuff like that. So not only um, you know, are you just, you know, following your, your dreams and your visions? You're not listening to negativity and all the stuff going on around you. You know, you're, you're following your heart, your dreams, you're, you're listening to people that really matter in your life, but you're, you're also laying other foundations to um, a healthy America and potentially, you know, international. Um, so this is just so amazing and so great, the work that you're doing. And like I said, you're not even just doing something for business. You're doing it because it, there's a need for it. And, um, and it's just really amazing. So what, what has been one of your biggest challenges uh, with this product? For me, the biggest challenge of growing the frozen farmer at the same time as raising a family is just knowing oh what work-life balance <laughs> really means. Um, because for us, we live where we work. So right now I'm, I'm in my home office. Um, we're still running this business from our home office. Um, I've got three little kids running in and out of the office all the time. Um, but knowing when to be a mom and when to be, you know, a businesswoman, and I like to call it a mompreneur, um, because, you know, that's really important too. You can't, you can't, you know, just live to work. You have to, you know, you, you have to find that balance and, um, you know, letting my children know that, you know, they're as important as the brand that I'm building. And that's one of the beautiful things that has come out of raising a family at the same time as we've built this business, you know, the frozen farmers kind of like a sibling for my kids. So, um, I always call it my fourth child <laughs> and like, it's exciting for them to see our flavors on the grocery store shelf when we go out of town. Um, or when we go on vacation, you know, to states that are, you know, far away, they, they get so excited. It's almost like, let's go take a picture with our brother or sister. <laughs> um, but it's, it's knowing that balance and, and it's definitely a delicate balance, but it's also having a great team behind you, um, that can help you with that. Um, I will say that we, we credit the success of our company, um, not just to our family, our family is very involved in our business, but to everyone who is involved in our business, our whole team, um, because without a strong team behind you, mm. you don't have a successful brand. And so, um, we've got the right people in the right places and, um, we've got just a really strong team behind the frozen farmer too. And yeah, and you've said everything. So, man, I just can't imagine uh, doing anything without having other great people behind you and supporting you. And um, it sounds like it's no exception with this awesome business and excited to see plans for the future. Katie, I could talk about this for hours probably, but because um, I'm just a huge advocate for sugar uh, reduction um, in this America. I like my uh, wife had uh, cancer and she was scheduled for chemo and all this stuff. And we just did, we watched something on Netflix 
and about sugar and all that stuff. And we just did a drastic reduction in our whole kitchen. And it was like overnight, the doctor was like, I don't know what you're doing. Just keep doing it. Nothing's wrong with you anymore. And it was, that was like that's, years ago. Yeah. And, that's, and we have a lot of cancer um, patients who are loyal and faithful customers of our sorbet. Um, in fact, a whole handful of friends who have gone through chemo treatments um, mm. that that's been the only thing that they've been able to keep down um, is, is the sorbet. And so um, for us, it's, it's awesome to hear stories of how our products have been able to help people like that. Um, Diabetics, you know, our sorbets are diabetic friendly um, at only I'm holding our watermelon right now. It (laughs) like zero sugar in the, like five, five grams of sugar in the whole pint. So, um, that's one thing that, you know, we've been, we've been really blessed in being able to help others through our product line. And, um, as a mom too, you know, I'd rather my kids, you know, eat a healthy dose of fruits and vegetables than sugary sweets. And so, um, when they're eating a pint of our strawberry sorbet, all of the vitamins and minerals that's in real strawberry fruit come along with that. Um, yet, we're satisfying their sweet tooth. So it's, it's great for, you know, moms, it's great for people with dairy sensitivity. It's great for people who um, have gluten intolerances or people with health issues. Um, So it's been just kind of a blessing to hear stories of of how our products have been able to help people. Yeah. Now, Katie, I got one more uh, question for you and then we'll jump into the lightning round real quick. Okay. Um, uh, What now you're born and raised here. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite spots that you like to hang out? If somebody's moving here from a big city and they're trying to unwind, uh, you've been here quite a while and you're farmer <laughs> girl now. So what, uh, what are some of your favorite spots that somebody should check out? Especially well, gr- growing up, I grew up in Greenwood. Um, so my favorite spot actually was near the Corman's airport in Greenwood um, because I love to watch the planes go in and out. Um, but of course the Delaware beaches are so beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. just taking a ride, you know, to the Delaware beaches, you can see so many different things, um, you know, on your way there. But, um, yeah, I would say anything, any, any one of those. All right. Sounds good. All right. You ready for the lightning round? I am. (laughs) All right, Katie, what is one book tool, software, or video? Just one of something, uh, that has really shifted your life that uh, somebody should check out. Super easy. The secret. I am such a big believer in the secret and the power of positive thinking. Um, it's one thing that I think helped my grandmother battle cancer. And mm. uh, it's one thing that's helped me build this business. Wow. I am so glad you said that. Cause I am just a huge fan of that. And uh, so I also just learned that you, you think anywhere from 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day, and they've learned that 90% of those can be negative, you know, so they're like, oh, just positive thinking, but it's so much more than that, you know, because if you're always thinking negative thinking, and you're thinking that many thoughts a day, of course, you're going to attract that to your life, you know, but if you just stay focused, stay on the right path, cut out people that don't, you know, support you and love you. Um, it makes a huge difference. Very awesome. Okay, Katie, what is one question I should have asked you? <laughs> What's your answer? (laughs) One question you should have asked me. Um, I don't know. Maybe something about being uh, the feature episode on season 11. We got the opportunity. (laughs) 
Yes. What is your answer on that? What uh, give us some uh, insight on that? So we flew back from California, making our pitch, and um, we uh, got a phone call from one of the producers of the show, and they said that you've you've made the feature episode of season eleven, and we're going to fly to Bridgeville to film. And so. Wow. Uh, the whole entire Shark Tank process is very confidential. Um, you're not allowed to tell anybody you're you're even applying for the show. You're not, definitely not allowed to tell anybody that you've made the show. Um, so there were very, very few individuals that even knew that we had flown to California to cast for the show. And um, all of a sudden, this whole crew shows up at the farm, all dressed in black, all their oh my cameras, gosh. and they go up... <laughs> And they're like, hi, I'm the producer from Shark Tank. And our employee's mouth just like completely drops open. And he was like one of our core team members too. And he's like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm sorry, we've had to lie to everybody all summer long about what we were doing here. Um, but then even then we had told some of our other staff that they were like here to film a commercial. Um, and we had to tell the producers to like keep a low profile because, you know, I mean, you're from Delaware, small towns yeah. talk really fast. And so... <laughs> guys have all these confidentiality contracts in place like you're not going to blow my confidence because <laughs> if you tell one person around bridgeville that um you know frozen farmer is going to be on shark tank every last person in bridgeville is going to know it before the end of the day yeah, definitely wow very cool very exciting and so uh so that just happened so when can we expect to be able to see that Oh, well, that actually, so that aired during our initial episode. So it was like all the same thing. So they flew, we cast in September of 2019, um, and they flew here in October of 2019. So they put our feature home package um, together with our pitch. And so it, it aired in um, March of 2020. But we just two Fridays ago, um, got our update episode. So we were on shark tank again, two Fridays ago for season 12. Oh, okay. Yep. I got, I'm confused. So yep. you have a, a future episode that you've, um, our future episode, our initial episode, but right. that was, like, it gave us instead of like eight minutes of airtime that you typically get of just like walking on the carpet and making your pitch. And then it ends. Ours was like opened with, Bridgeville here and our farm operation and the creamery and like gave a scope of who we are here. And then it went our pitch. Um, so that was season 11 and then season 12, we just got our business update, which showed, um, you know, our co-manufacturing facility. It showed, um, you know, really the growth of where we've, what we've had in growth um, yeah. since on the show in 2020 to today in 2021. All right, uh, guys, I'm just loving this. So again, check out thefrozenfarmer.com. I'm sure they're on Facebook and social media. Um, also, go into your local store, even down here in Giants, uh, Kroger's, all these places. Or in the um, Hawkers down there. Hawkers? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. I think he's going to be on soon, I hope. Cool. Um, very exciting. Very awesome. I'm going to actually go get some today, and um, I cannot wait to see you guys on uh, Season 12. So, Katie, last question. We're in the 302 area. What is your favorite place to eat that somebody should check out? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's hard. There's so much good food in Delaware. <laughs> um, 
while I will say we're, we're farm to table partners with so many restaurant chains in Delaware too. So um, any of the ones that we serve our fresh produce to, because I know that their menu items are fresh. They're always serving fresh stuff. So JD Shuckers in Georgetown's one of my favorite locations. Any of the Sodell restaurants um, are delicious. Oh, yeah. um, serve the frozen farmer on the dessert menu there. So, um, and Ooh, both of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Love all of them. And, um, Sounds great, Katie. It's been so awesome having you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. This has been so fun. Yeah, and guys, keep living that 302 lifestyle. Uh, we're going to put all the links down below if you guys want to check out Katie and uh, support uh, this family, this amazing uh, local farmer family um, in your local stores. And uh, check them out. Like, subscribe, share, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Wish you could spend more time having fun and less time with chores? Go to 302beachtalk.com to get $20 off a home cleaning. You'll be entered to win a completely free cleaning. Eat, play, serve. Sponsored by That Guy with a Broom.